0: Coming up on OTH, Raymond and I discuss patch 12.5B with all of the adjustments to AD carries, fans returning for the LCS playoffs, the first split of Champions Q and the winners of who came with that, and week 6 of the LCS. We hope you enjoyed this episode of On The Hunt. Welcome everybody to episode 48 of On The Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris, a.k.a. The Time Traveler, because I'll just be laying in bed on my phone for like five minutes, dude, and somehow 30 minutes goes by. I just just do not understand how that happens. Yeah, that's puzzling. It's it's very unintentional. (laughs) Like anytime I just lay down, like I'm pretty sure time travels at like three times the speed. In my bed. So I think I, I, I have some sort of like spaceship bed, I think.
1: That could be it. Is it actually a spaceship bed? Or like a Lightning McQueen? Like a little car? It's not. It yeah,
0: like... it's it's cars for sure. Okay, okay. A little twin size bed. <laughs> and joining me on this episode is our other co-host, Raymond. What's going on, man?
1: Uh, You know, it's going good. Not a lot. Like really going on. Dude, I went to Universal Studios yesterday, actually. How, I'm out in the can, world.
0: Can I ask, how much did that cost? Because I heard Disneyland is stupid expensive, and so I wonder if Universal Studios is just as expensive.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure Universal's a little less than Disneyland. Let me see. Somebody else bought the tickets, and I had to Venmo them so I can check. It was like 100 something
0: Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Well, not as bad. Because, I, yeah, I heard Disneyland tickets are just crazy in the hundreds of dollars per person, and so it's just, like, not possible to go there. And then also, when you do go there, like... Donald Duck and Goofy are very serious about you keeping your mask on.
1: <laughs> oh, so. I yeah, I paid 104 for my ticket. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. That's not bad, dude. How was yeah. it? Was it, uh, it a new stuff there?
1: Uh, I went there, it was the first time they've had like the Harry Potter Hogsmeade place. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, but other than that, I think it's stuff that I've seen before. I, I went, see. Yeah. I see. I think I went there like for Halloween horror nights, like right before the the year before COVID. So I figure they've just been kind of on hold since then.
0: Mm-hmm. Dang, I've actually never been to Universal Studios. I've only ever been to Disneyland and California Adventure one time, actually. Really? In the ninth once? grade. Yep. Over over ten years ago now. Now that I think about it, yeah. and I went there for orchestra.
1: There, that makes sense.
0: Those were good times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were the days. Wait, what'd you play in orchestra? Played violin. Okay. All right. <laughs> I see you.
0: First class. Wait, not first class. First. First chair? First violin. No, yeah. no, not first oh, chair. Okay, first, right. violin, was first violin, though. I think I was player. like okay. seventh chair.
1: Oh, you had a lot of people. I, I, I,
0: yeah. Because, um, well, first of all, there's like juniors and seniors ahead of me. Right. right. So I... But then also, there was like a couple of people who had taken private lessons. Those fucking tryhards. Oh
1: yeah, I don't know who who would do that. That's crazy, bro. That's I never. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might have taken. What about my, you? Were private you, lessons? Were you a band guy? Yeah, I played clarinet, clarinet and sax. Okay, I think you
0: told me that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the sax um hard to play?
1: The sax is just an easy clarinet. They make it bigger. Oh, okay. All the buttons are easy to press. It's easier to play.
0: Is it more to blow? Or how does uh,
1: that work? Uh, not really. You can be louder on it, but like that's only—it's that's up to you. It's like about the same.
0: That's sweet, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and hop into some League of Legends here.
1: Heck yeah. Uh,
0: we're we've past got... the,
1: the musical portion of the show.
0: Yeah. And the, the traveling section as well. It's time travel and real life travel, <laughs> touching grass travel. Mm-hmm and we've got an update to the previous patch which happens pretty often actually but we usually don't cover it but i'm kind of bored today so let's go ahead and cover the mid-patch update for 12.5 which actually comes with a ton of champion adjustments let's see six nine nine champion adjustments and also a chain or 10 including master Yi. um and a change to Lock of the Iron Solari. So I think there's since there's not a lot here, let's go ahead and run through most of them. Um, where do you want to start?
1: Yeah, I think the first one that I kinda wanna hit is the Jinx changes. They're reverting the cost, uh, the mana cost scaling on her Q and also lowering the range that it gives at early levels. Um I think this was probably the change that kind of pushed Jinx back into the meta originally, um, like a few months ago was when they made it so her early rockets cost like a a little bit less mana. Um, And, you know, it's like when you look at the numbers now, it's like only one mana cost higher on each level. So it didn't sound like a lot, but it's like 20% overall, right? And she can kind of spam those out. So especially with Presence of Mind, I think uh, it was just kind of clear that Jinx could use rockets a little bit more often than she needed to in lane. So now she'll have a little bit more trouble keeping like constant push against people, being able to harass really easy. Uh, especially with like the range nerf, just like we saw, probably with uh, Gwen getting hit in the last couple of patches. So it'll be interesting to see if this pushes her out of the meta.
0: Ooh, out of the meta? I don't know about that, but at least lower we have down. been seeing maybe a maybe whole lot game. of her. Yeah, we have been seeing a whole lot of Jinx. All right, let's follow up with the, more of the AD carry stuff. I just realized a lot of these um, are for AD carries. Uh, next up, um, let's talk about Zeri who is getting a bunch of more adjustments as well. Mostly, yeah, just mostly just nerfs across the board for pretty much every skill and even her base stats as well. So base AD lowered, um, growth health. Actually, she has more there, health growth. Less armor, or less base armor. Base attack is... Less damage. Uh, the damage is lowered, yeah. yeah. So I had to like re- read all the numbers really quick. <laughs> um, Q total damage... Increased looks like. Yeah. E cooldown nerfed to twenty three at all ranks. The damage through walls, I think. Wait no the sorry, the, 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 the that's damage. the dash. Yeah. yeah, so the piercing damage is lowered for the first couple of levels. And then on the ulti it's just adjusted so you get more stacks for hitting champions initially when you first activate it, but uh, but less move speed per stack overall.
1: Yeah, so I think A lot of these nerfs are basically targeting. I think the way that August talked about it, the the Zeri designer on Twitter, was that these are all supposed to kind of push her away from the Triforce build. Like nerfing the base AD, buffing the like base damage that's on her Q is all supposed to like make it so Sheen procs are less effective on their own. Um, And then the other stuff, like you know, the E change kind of incentivizes her to max that. Um, for the damage portion of it uh, you do a little less just base on the piercing so all, all that stuff kind of put together and, and the less damage on your passive means that like you kind of have to build more damage if you want to deal damage rather than getting just like free stuff from Triforce and um, your your passive auto that does max HP damage so I don't know we'll see like I feel like they've hit her nurse like hit her with nurse in this direction like before and people have still been, like just set on the Triforce, like Titanic Cleaver build. We'll see if this is like what finally puts the nail in the coffin on those builds, or if people still take a while to lag behind and change to crit builds or what.
0: Yeah. Uh, any other champions that you want to talk about? Oh, actually, I want to talk about Rise here because Rise is another champion we've been seeing throughout the pro uh, throughout pro play in this spring season, throughout the whole world actually. So another adjustment here is. Um, a buff to his passive, actually. Yeah. Maximum mana increase 5 to 10% per 100 AP, but then his Q damage has been lowered.
1: Lowered on its base, but higher on its on this... AP ratio.
0: Oh, okay. Then, uh. The... Oh. So then this kinda... is, that was a non story. My bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit of a, they're trying to nerf the, the tank build, right? Like, just a little. Yeah. 25 off his Q, which, you know, when it's empowered by E, I guess, is like, a decent, you know, like fifty damage off every every Q proc, which when you don't build AP, kind of adds up to a lot. I can see it.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then some of the other AD carries that were touched in this patch, or this uh, little mini halfway patch, are Aphelios, Ashe, Draven, Lucian, and Varus. Any of those uh, changes interest you?
1: Um, the I think that like the changes. Uh are all pretty minor um the the felios nerf is kind of nice to see just hitting his durability uh you know similar to jinx we'll see how much that actually affects him i think stuff like like ash and uh varus like their buffs might be kind of interesting um like one one champ that's notably not in this patch is caitlin and if jinx and felios are getting nerfed i think they'll still be pretty high priority on caitlin um Ash and Varus have kind of always been a, a bit of a counter to Caitlyn just because your bully matters a little less because they're utility champs. Uh, and you got good ulties to catch Caitlyn out uh, if she does try to bully you and, and you can gank her. So I think, you know, we might go back to kind of Trinity of those champs. Um, like Draven, that change isn't going to do anything. The Lucian buff might matter. I think we'll probably see people like either trying to play a mid or, um, you know, bring that back or it'll just be more of like the Lucianami pairing showing up again.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there's a, a big mix-up in the bottom lane after this patch goes to um, like the pro play servers in the tournament realm. So I don't think that would be for a long time, I would suspect, but probably before like week seven or week eight um, is when we'll see the pros start playing on this adjusted patch. Um, I, and then one last thing is um, they're making an adjustment to lock it So the passive on it, the bonus armor and magic resist is going from five to three, and then the active shield amount is getting lowered as well. Um, I guess locket has been a pretty strong item throughout um, this season so far.
1: Yeah, it is a little surprising. I feel like uh, a lot of the talk I've seen around this is like people saying that enchanters are picking up the item when they don't need to. Um, Like it's almost like it's like an indirect Renata nerf kind of that she's been going locket and having good um what's word? good success with it so I, yeah i, I like it is kind of weird because it doesn't seem like locket users are the mainstay in the meta right now um and like you're seeing a lot more like enchanters like the lulus and stuff and then you know like always the nautilus and Leonas that are building like even shroud most of the time um so i don't i don't know about this one personally because i i do like locket as an item but I think people just, like, don't build it. I don't... Like, I'm surprised that it's finding its way into these patch notes.
0: For sure, for sure. And then um, they had, like, done some changes to Master Yi again that I kind of don't care about. But um, <laughs> So on March 4th, they had made a bunch of more adjustments, actually reverting a lot of the damage on the Q and um, his E as well. And then they made even more adjustments to him on March 9th, too, so... They're really going back and forth with like adjusting his ulti cooldown and stuff like that. So um yeah, I guess they're just trying to do big changes to his identity and but also like probably putting a lot of attention onto him, um, surprisingly.
1: Yeah, I feel like he's it's this change these changes have kind of gotten memed a lot of like they wanted to hit the lethality build, like it was a big problem in ARAM or something, but most of the time like win rates looked like uh the on hit builds and crit builds were still like the better way to play him anyway. So when they messed up with the, or they kind of messed with like the Q damage and that stuff to nerf Lethality directly. Uh, but then they were like, oh, well, if we nerf this, we probably have to buff on hit. And that was like already kind of fine. So it's just like, I don't know, they've had to scramble a little bit to correct the changes. But yeah, I, I mean, I haven't played against Master Yi, so it's not like I've noticed one way or another how important it is
0: yeah all right so um let's get moving on to some good news that came out today actually um which is that lcs fans are going to be able to attend game um games in the studio or actually i don't know if it's in the studio um i think it said something about it taking place in like the, the nrg stadium or something like that
1: i think that's just for finals uh, in uh in houston uh, okay, so
0: yeah, so um, fans yeah. will be able to see the games in person, starting in playoffs. And then next Thursday is when tickets are going to go on sale again. And I've never been to LCS, dude. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah? You want to go? Never, ever. For playoffs?
0: Uh, I mean, it depends on who's in playoffs. <laughs> or it depends on what, what what games, I guess. Yeah. But it could be a good time. Could we go get some donger dogs?
1: Donger dogs, baby. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I've been a few times to the to the studio for just like normal LCS games. I think I went to like a one of the uh, Gauntlet games back in the day too uh, for for Worlds qualification. Um, but yeah, it's it's a decent time. The studio is like it's a nice vibe. Fun to fun to see games in person, especially if you haven't before.
0: Yeah, and then we usually don't talk about this, but I will say that um, in the in the article about the fans being able to attend the um, games again, it says right at the bottom, masks are mandatory inside. And so I guess that just kind of shows the state that like LA is still in or possibly just how serious Riot kind of treats that sort of thing of um, they want to show this outward perception that they care, I guess. But then at the same time, but they want to make money from ticket sales, which is not that much. I heard they're only like 20 bucks each. Um, per ticket but then i'm sure you know you get there and you buy merchandise and then you buy overpriced donger dogs (laughs) so
1: yeah i don't know this would like honestly la is like a lot more lax on stuff right now like this like last week or two they've you know changed a lot of the um mandates from like enforcing masks everywhere and inside everywhere um so like i think now it's like optional for businesses like even for employees and stuff to, to wear masks, so uh, this is definitely more like riot is just like I don't know. I, I kind of make sense with like something like playoffs where people might come and like travel to visit rather than it just being like a normal store or whatever. Um, I
0: can see. Oh sure.
1: How having like a, a stricter policy indoors is you know makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, and also just especially considering these people are going to be in the same vicinity as the talent. Right, and by the talent, I mean the players. Yeah, and like, but I also <laughs> guess, the, yeah, the, yeah, I also guess the the broadcast people as well. So, I suppose that makes sense. Um, but just something interesting that I thought I, you know, I caught at the end of that article. But pretty exciting to see that people are going to see start to see crowds again because it it has been two years since the LCS studio, at least, has had any crowds. Yeah. And I, I saw I saw a, a tweet today from Azale. Who was saying that? Like, dude, even Jose Diodo has never seen a fan in like LCS Yeah, because I mean, they just didn't, ever since he started playing here, they, they we haven't done that.
1: Yeah, like I mean, yeah, think about it. Like two two years of like any any players that have been new over the last two years are you know no fan players. Even like fucking tactical, right? Like somebody who's like feels like a LCS mainstay almost at this point. He started. Oh, that, yeah, that's actually probably. Right?
0: The best example, yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: crazy. Like,
1: yeah, a lot going on, kind of.
0: But yeah, that that will be exciting to have people be able to experience that again.
1: Yeah. Big. Agree. Uh,
0: moving right along, we've got um the champion queue for the first split has ended, and uh, we have like the top ten people who uh, finished out the f- first split of champions queue. So in first place we have JoJo from Evil Geniuses. Uh, second place we have ole who uh, apparently he was like fighting jojo for the first place spot on like in like the last 24 hours leading up to it
1: yeah I um, think they third were place close like yeah like you said fighting for it
0: and then in third place we have someone named kaori and i will look up who they are they are it's
1: the eg academy adc
0: eg academy okay and then also in fourth place is another person from EG, I believe, um, 30 like uh, is how player. I'm going to say their name. Is you it also it. Academy?
1: Yeah. Academy top laner.
0: Sweet. Then in fifth place, we have another Academy player <laughs> in C9's van. Um, sixth place is RGS, former mid laner for CLG. I heard that, he, um, I was listening to a podcast. I believe it was, it was uh, chats thing and i think he was saying that rjs has like the most amount of games of like all everyone
1: yeah i mean i think he's like the most unemployed right so it kind of makes sense (laughs) like (laughs) true
0: okay um then in seventh place we have somebody who i believe is from one -hmm. of the latin america teams yeah um i'm not familiar with this person mia lol 98 Uh, Then in eighth place we have Armeo, formerly known as Grigny, the jungler. Ninth place we have Yep, Yepers. Uh, Does he still play for TL? I don't. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And then ninth place we have Kumo, the top laner, and tenth place we have Dokla, also a top laner. And then, do you know the the pricing support for the um all of these different placements? Because to my understanding. 12th place, our first place got some ridiculous amount, like 12 grand or something like that. Does that sound right?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, it, I think you're right. It's 12, 12 grand for JoJo. Um, let's see. Find it. Yeah. 12 grand for JoJo, 8 grand for Ole in second place. Um, the next three, three through five, got 4 grand each. And then six through 10 got
0: $1,600. That's pretty crazy, actually. So, for first place it's actually kind of worth it to get first place. In my opinion, like 12 grand is not like brush aside money in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And then even then, right. Like it's a, it's a bigger prize pool for the like total season. Right. So, so these guys get points that go towards like the, the end of year grand prize kind of thing. So definitely nothing to scoff at for these players.
0: Yeah. Pretty sick. So, um, Any comments for these 10 players who uh, have finished out the first split of Champions Q? Did you, you know, were you watching any of them as the, as they first played it out or anything?
1: Um, I think I've seen, I've seen probably the most of like some Ole games. Um, I don't know the, nothing like in particular, I think shout outs to like Zven who's up on here, you know, being a a guy who's like not really in the LCS kind of still on that, like C9 (laughs) practice squad um yeah. so good for him to you know make a little extra cash on like I don't, I don't know what that means in terms of your contract it's like you literally don't play games but we still pay you so i right, cool for sven uh pretty interesting i feel like to see uh eg players in like three of the top four spots there um kind of you know i wonder if that's like just eg as an org you know really incentivizing like this the champions queue and like that kind of practice or uh just, you know, the way, the way it shook out on who ended up there. And yeah, Ole, Ole popping back to the top. I feel like I remember Ole when he was, you know, when Immortals was super good and he was on that team. And uh, the humble, diligent grind in Soloki, he was always a fucking grind lord. So cool to see him in the Champions Queue as well, performing.
0: For sure. Uh, I also heard that um, some people are starting to not like Champions Queue because of. The matchmaking that goes on there, which according to um, what I heard on Summoning Insight, where Revenge was on there just um, just this past week, he was saying that there is no matchmaking, like there's no um, there's no MMR or anything, you you just gain points for winning, lose points for losing but there's no like you can, it, every time that you queue up, it's, you'll get random people it's randomized with who ends up on whose team, so sometimes you can get um, a lower ranked person match with Hansama, and th- that bottom lane is just unwinnable because the <laughs> support is not good enough. Yeah, and which has apparently been up for contention lately. Um, but I, I, and I also heard that they're hoping to fix that in like the later editions of Champions Q. And also, right now, like there, there still is Champions Q. There's just no rankings for like a week, I believe.
1: Yeah, um, I think- so yeah i think you're right on that last point for sure
0: okay so uh just an interesting start to champions queue so far i'm kind of glad that they cut it off here and then we'll see they're they're gonna keep doing like different splits instead of having it for like the whole spring split or the whole um lcs year so i think that this is pretty fine for them to you know call it here give out some prizing and then um, show people that like they're pretty serious about maintaining this, and I hope that there are improvements to the system as well, so that the players can continue to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I feel like the that last point about the the splits like it feels like it's pretty short, right? Like I, I can imagine that as a very good way for them to kind of like keep player retention going, um, like having people still queue up for it because it does seem like uh you know if if it was a normal like LCS like the Champions queue matched the normal season timings, you know, like, 90-day splits or whatever it is, like, you would still... It would take fucking forever for uh, people to, you know, just amass, like, these little points. But, yeah, I don't know. The other stuff... I don't know. What do you think about the the matching stuff? I mean, obviously, like, if they're planning on improving it, like, and, and actually adding, like, some kind of rating, that seems, like, smart. But I I think part of, like, what makes Champions Q kind of cool is that since it's mostly... I mean, it's, like, mostly, like, legit pros, right? um i feel like you wouldn't be too worried about like super mismatches in a lot of scenarios like obviously there's going to be places where it's yeah han sama against like some amateur adc who is not fucking han sama but the same could happen like in the top point lane and that kind of stuff too so i don't know i i feel like i wouldn't be too mad about it but that's clearly me who's not someone that's actually playing the game
0: yeah having just heard a bunch of like podcasts over the week it- some people complain that like even Grandmaster is still too low for like to be paired with sometimes and that it'll, it'll ruin your games if the Grandmaster person ends up on your team and anybody can get Grandmaster or these people who are on like top 16 amateur teams like that's that that's they're they're not getting paired with them um, as a LCS player it's just like not productive sometimes. Um, So I mean, there is some complaints. I would have thought that there was some sort of match ranking system. Like, why if if it's known what rank they are in terms of like, you know, how many points that they have, then why isn't that, you know, the basis for matchmaking at least at at a minimum? Yeah, I don't
1: know. The the points are kind of weird. Like though, like you said, it's I think it's like just like flat. It's plus ten per win, minus five per loss. So it's like kind of just like a spam games you know i don't like the rating as it is isn't like too easy to figure and i I think that makes sense too because it depends on what players play right like if some players just don't play and then or like don't play as often as jojo who's gonna spam games right like they're just going to inherently be a, a lower elo but that might not really be how it works like it's such a weird it's such a weird like small community that's playing that it's probably hard to find like true matchmaking rating kind of things
0: for sure all right and then when um let's go ahead and jump into LCS week 5 which is just back to two games on Saturday and Sunday and there's not a whole lot of movement throughout the standings but Let's just go ahead and give an update on all of the ratings here. So, at first place, we have Team Liquid and Cloud9 still there at nine and two, both having gone two zero this past weekend. Uh, speaking of two zero, we've got uh, FlyQuest right behind them at uh solely at third place at seven and four. Uh, following that up, we have a hundred thieves at six and five. Then Dignitas and Evil Geniuses at five and six to round out our top six teams. Well, actually, no, Guard- Golden Guardians is in there too. Sorry. For five and six uh so that's top seven and then immortals is eighth place with four and seven clg with three and eight and then lastly tsm at two and nine we're recording this on thursday a little later than usual so hmm. a lot of the games are kind of behind me but what did you think of this past weekend's games of lcs
1: yeah i mean i think kind of similar uh about the the games behind us i i'm remembering like uh like, some of the TSM games... I feel like this was, you know, kind of the best weekend for TSM at, for a while. But, like, they're still 2-9. Like <laughs> um, they brought back Shenyi. They had a... Th- their first game was, like, close. And then they lost. And then the second game, they um, won. So, I don't know. N- neither were, like, dominating. Um, but losing to FlyQuest, who's, like, the third-place team and apparently pretty good. Um, not, like... Not a knockoff loss, right? And then the win over Golden Guardians when they were the ones who beat them in that like huge slobber knocker a few weeks ago. Um, that's a good redemption win. But yeah, th- th- those are the ones that I like are really sticking out of my mind. I'm trying to look back here. Um, I don't know TL beating hundred thieves. I think that was actually a pretty good game. Um, that one I think was like I, I think that was another one where Blippo um, like like late picked like Gragas as a counter pick and. Someday was playing Trindomir and just like he kind of got shut down um, before he was making some some more hero plays as Gragas, as he seems to always do. Um, yeah, I don't know. T- a strong showing from TL. C9's still looking pretty fucking good. Um, Berserker is pretty good. Uh, Sam is pretty good. Fudge is showing himself as a reliable mid laner as well. Uh, the whole team's fucking good, I think
0: yeah for sure and on the TL point I do remember a game from Sunday when they played against Immortals and it looked like it was starting to be um, a pretty strong um, start off for Team Liquid but then at a certain point in the game like suddenly uh, Revenge playing Graves ends up taking like the whole bottom side of Inhibitor and then the two like um, and then the two Nexus turrets as well and then like somebody recalls and then he kills them too and then he even gets away with all of it and so it was a really crazy game where like Team Liquid has double that amount of kills and like you would think they would they would have been running the game but it was actually a pretty big nail biter of like I, I I would say for a lo- um a portion of the game Immortals was in control even with you know a significant less amount of gold to work with so um that one was a really interesting game of like oh they could Team Liquid could still lose this actually yeah <laughs> and then uh, there's some contention about like some things that Immortals did at the end where they kind of looked like they were just going to go for the base rush when there were a couple of objectives up. So who knows what could have happened. It would have been really interesting if Immortals would have won that game and a lot of people would probably would have had a lot, of, a lot of respect for Immortals if they had managed to uh, round that one out from a kind of a, a losing position from the start of the game. So I just thought that one was really fun and probably one of the only games that I remember from this past weekend.
1: Yeah, actually, I, I definitely agree with you. I kind of forgot about that one. Um, the The Shyvana pick from Whippo at this one was also oh, kind yeah. of an interesting one that, He's like, it super it, it, it kind of made sense. Like, I don't know if you. I think Revenge had an interview after uh, with Travis about that game, about that pick, like, kind of in particular. Um, and he talked about it and was like, it, "It's kind of expected." Uh, I think it's sort of like Revenge is saying it, it makes it makes sense. Like. Graves doesn't really push a lot of people out of lane. Like, I mean, he pushed a lot of people out of lane, but there's not a lot of tanks um, that, like, can deal with him. Uh, and Shivana's kind of one of those. And, and in this game, it was, like, a, a tank build from uh, that, and he can contest the wave. And you deal magic damage, so it's, like, a lot better against Graves, who's, like, the armor stacker usually, right? Um, so yeah. if you're just if you're just playing the scale, you kind of do get a free, like, late game Shivana out of it, which is, you know, I don't know how good that is nowadays. Um, like, we obviously haven't seen a lot of it otherwise, but people have been talking about it. I don't know this. I know the C9 guys make jokes about, um, like, Blabber wants to play Shivana all the time or um, Fudge or Summit or, like, being like, no, I'm going to play it first or that kind of thing. So I wonder if we'll see more. Like, it, it's an interesting counterpick for sure, but this was, like, a weird game kind of for it to play out.
0: Yeah, actually, to sp- expand upon your point, um, also on Summoning Insight, Revenge was saying that like he thinks his team should have been able to punish the Shyvana pick more because uh, after a certain point, um, I, I I think he was kind of dicking on the Shyvana pick, and um, that was also the same game where Core JJ and Hansama do like this nasty level one kill on Poe in the mid lane mm-hmm. at level yeah. one, where like gross. they. they d- They don't even go to bot lane. They just sat in mid the whole time and snuck up on him to kill him. Um, And, yeah, that probably had a huge influence on PoE being able to, like, leave his lane after that and, um, you know, explore any top lane dives for the first 10 minutes. Probably had a huge influence on how that could have gone for them.
1: Yeah, it was... I like... Yeah, a lot of a lot of what ifs, kind of to figure out how to play that game better. Obviously, like especially when it comes down to something as close as you know, revenge was like two v wedding and almost just took the base by himself. Like, you feel like any little advantage would have won you the game. Um, so I can see, I can see that nitpicky kind of stuff for that. But I don't know, uh, it, it's always it's always a little hard. Like I think even this game, I feel like at the beginning of the game too, like Blippo like kind of inted. I remember he like kind of failed the tower dive and and got killed, and then oh yeah. Um, like the jungler couldn't clean it up either, so it was just like, I don't know. He revenge got a little fed for free that he probably shouldn't have. So I don't know. A lot of different ways that that game could have gone with how close it was to a, a steal of a victory for Immortals.
0: For sure. Another game that I'm starting to remember now is um, Cloud9 versus Evil Geniuses, where like I tuned into that game and for some reason, uh, inspired is playing Kha'Zix. <laughs> Which I would not expect to see in an LCS game, but that game was really fun, back and forth for like the first 15 minutes because like um, Blaber was unstoppable on the bear, but then somehow EG always turn around and get a kill on a Summit, um, like just over and over, and so for a bit it kind of felt like okay, anything could still happen in this game until after a certain point, like um Blaber is just not dying on Volibear. <laughs> yeah. And it, it it's pretty clear that after a certain point they're going to win and even even like being 0 and 3 or uh, also yeah just Impact versus Summit, um Akali versus Gwen. Um but it's just it looked like they were having a ton of fun up there.
1: Yeah, that and... was a super cool matchup. I feel like that was uh the first time that Summit has felt like like super tested in the LCS, uh-huh. you know? Like a lot a lot of the, the games with Summit it's either like you don't you don't notice anything crazy happening, or like he's actually just popping off, right? Like, but I've not seen Summit kind of like lose lane and like be a like a big weak point for the team before until this game. You know, impact showing that he still got it as well.
0: Yeah, and they were. It seemed like every time they got back to lane, they were just fighting over and over again, <laughs> down to like thirty percent HP, ulti's up or not, no flash, both ignite, teleport, like they're going at it. So. That was a pretty fun game to kind of watch until eventually Volibear is just diving every tower and, and not dying, so... Yeah. But pretty fun game. Pretty surprised to see Kha'Zix and Shivana out of this week.
1: Yeah, definitely a, an interesting week for the surprise picks. And now, now we're seeing more changes in the patch, so who knows? Who knows what the LCS will turn into in, in Week 6. Yep,
0: but those are my highlight games for this past week of lcs so is there anything else from week five that you want to talk about
1: uh no i don't think so i feel like i i don't know the the weird stories are just like the people that are like still near the bottom of the table showing signs of light and then losing it right away so i don't know they're just down there I'll, i will try not to talk about them until they prove themselves again
0: yeah for sure um. Then let's move forward to next week's LCS games on Saturday, March 12th. I think a, a couple of interesting matchups that we have here are uh, Evil Geniuses versus TL. And then also Golden Guardians versus 100 Thieves to see if, you know, how are 100 Thieves faring at this time? I think in, if they're able to beat people just like pretty close to them in the standings, I'd be pretty interested to see that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on both of those. I think, uh, like, EG, they've they've kind of started to get their groove back, you know, the the one loss preventing them from, like we were just saying, the one loss from, away from being a 2-0 week is that uh, that game against C9, and, you know, C9's obviously looking really good, but they also had, you know, signs of life in that one from Impact uh, showing himself as, like, a true carry threat. So I'll, I'm interested to see if, uh, you know, how that top matchup plays out, you know, and specifically with, with impact and Bwipo. Uh, and then just how like EG can stack up against the TL team as well.
0: Sweet. And then speaking of TL on Sunday, they get the coveted rematch versus cloud nine as the first game of the day, actually, which is pretty crazy because I-, I thought I had saw a Reddit post the other day of like G2 has never, ever played the first game um in the spring split of this year and when you think about it it's like oh that makes sense because people want to watch d2 so they place them in the middle of the day so you're like you have to watch the first couple of games or maybe you'll stick around and watch the games after or something like that so if you i
1: think it's it's western bias i think the lec games it's like the hype games are always at the end of the day so that the the people in na can watch it and then the hype games for NA or, like, try to be near the beginning of the day so that EU people can watch it after LEC.
0: Ooh, that's a good point, actually. I like your conspiracy better than mine. Sure. <laughs> um But yeah, so first game of the day, and probably a battle for first place um, coming off of this because um, this Saturday matchups are kind of eh for both of these teams, so Sunday matchups, we'll get to see who comes out of this weekend in first place with TL versus uh, Cloud9 TL having won the first time around
1: Yeah, that'll be definitely. I mean, they're both nine and 2 you right now. Um I feel like compared to compared to most teams like standard performance, these feel like the only teams that can actually like handle each other um like on a game-to-game basis. So, definitely the front runners for like an LCS finals at this stage.
0: For sure. And then Honestly, a lot of these um, I guess the only other game I would be interested in from Sunday would be Hundred Thieves versus FlyQuest, our current 3rd versus 4th place to see, you know, who's going to come out there. Both of those teams are not looking crazy um, impressive right now, but we'll see how they can turn out and see um, and see who can show some consistency throughout this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think, I don't know, it feels like I'm always just looking at top lane matchups for some reason, but that one is kind of interesting between, uh, you know, Kumo and Someday. Uh, it's not Kumo, but Fake God has been getting a lot of flack over at Ding Toss, I felt like when they hit a bit of a skid, it was just like Fake God getting fucking rolled by the enemy top lane every fucking <laughs> yeah. game. Um, and Kumo's like a little bit at that level, but he's he's had a few pop-off performances and then a few smite top games that threw it away, or, or threw off like, you know, perceptions of him. Um, so. Again, the matchup against Sunday that'll be an interesting one for for him as a individual. But yeah, I mean, FlyQuest looking really good as a team. Hundred Thieves looking a little more shaky as a team. So um, we'll we'll see how that one goes. I think the other one I'd show throw into the ring for Sunday too is the uh, Immortals Dig matchup. Kind of like the other end of that that spectrum of like you know third fourth is FlyQuest and Immortals Dig is like I don't know technically like fifth and eighth, but they're one game apart in the standings. Um, you know, Immortals has shown a little bit better form recently. Dignitas has been a little shaky from their early season form. I think, i I think Dignitas is the better team still. Like, even though they're just the one game ahead, but um, like that'll be interesting to see if, how how they play against each other.
0: Yeah, definitely. Actually, like, um, I'm kind of with you. It seems to be the the large consensus is that sometimes. Fake God is the reason that Dignitas loses a bit of a top cap sometimes, yeah. um, but then you know when they win, he does you know seem to have a strong impact on and influence on the game. So I think that that um, the matchup between those two teams could be uh, an interesting one to tune into, and and then I think let's have some fun with this weekend. Let's look at you know both the TSN's matchups this weekend um, <laughs> against Dignitas on Saturday and then um, Evil Geniuses on Sunday. So of these two matchups. Which one would you think TSM is more likely to be able to win? Um with the new roster of the takeover mid uh Shenyi bottom?
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I think I think if I had to say more likely, I would probably say EG.
0: Oh really? Okay.
1: I like I think the one thing the one thing I've been really impressed with Dignitas so far this split has been, like, kind of the resurgence of, of Biofrost in the bot lane. Um, and Bio and Neo are both, like, pretty aggressive laners. And, like, I don't know, even... Like, I'm remembering Biofrost even when he was on CLG with Stixay. And they were, like, a really good, like, always picked for lane, right? Like, even now, like, Dignitas is playing a lot of, like, the Caitlyn Lux stuff. um, And so I think that Dignitas would be like, better equipped to go against, like, the Shen Yi, like, laning style um, and try and take them down. So, like, I mean, it, it could easily flip the other way depending on, like, how early 2v2 goes, but I, I could see has playing better at, like, neutralizing that matchup, whereas, like, Danny and um, Vulcan have, like, kind of had a rougher time in lane so far this year. So I would say that's a strong point for TSM in the EG favor. And then take over against JoJo is probably going to be a similarly volatile matchup. So if Speaker can like, you know, counter, uh, inspired, or find a way to influence that lane, I could see uh, that that being a good avenue for TSM to take the win.
0: All right, interesting take. Yeah, you love to see you know where the hopes are for TSM, and we'll see if there's you know any time, any room left there for them to have a two 0 week. Um, in the last couple of weeks of the lcs but we'll see if they catch any more wins as well
1: true true there's like seven games left right so you just got to make up like three games on like golden guardians or something and they could be in the playoffs
0: uh maybe maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> i think mathematically yeah it's still possible <laughs> and we'll see what CLG ends up after this weekend as well. If they end up tied with TSM somehow,
1: too. I did feel kind of bad for CLG. I don't know. The Super Week seemed so good for them, and then last week they just lost both games.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, that's it for LCS for both of us. I think one last thing that I want to talk about with you is: Have you caught? Uh, did you catch any of the two like double lift things that he did this past week? I think one of them, he had, like, another episode of his thing with Medios and Sneaky. And then he also did a thing with Scara on offline TV. Were you able to catch any of those, too?
1: I've been meaning to listen to him. I think I listened to, like, the first 10 minutes of the Sneaky Medios one when he did it live. Um, oh, okay. But it was, like, late at night or something. And, like, it's weird times that he records those. So, like, that was it for me. But I've been meaning to listen to the, the offline TV one, too, because it was, like, that's kind of it interesting environment i feel like for him to be in
0: yeah definitely i recommend both of them and uh, the scar one obviously like is a bit of a different vibe but they're mostly just talking about their lives as streamers and a little bit more about you know um that insight into their new streaming lives and jobs now as well um but definitely you know both of them both definitely contain some good old like old school lcs stories you know looking back on my days of getting paid nothing or just being happy to play the game always <laughs> talking about you know can na win worlds what do you think what do you still want to play you know that kind of stuff so um i think definitely both are just kind of fun um to listen to and you know if you're a fan of Dove lift, i think it's worth a listen to, to both of those even though like they're they're both kind of long but it just kind of flies by when you throw it's it on in the background yeah yeah All right, I think that's um that's all we got for this week, then.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think I'm good, too.
0: Oh, have you watched any, like, TSM Legends or anything ever <laughs> since they've been struggling this year?
1: Uh, I've been watching them still. Yeah, I, I don't know. They've it feels, it feels like they've, like, not talked about a lot of stuff. You know, it's been... Between, like, their director leaving and stuff, too, it feels like they've just kind of been like, yeah, we're going to throw together 10 minutes of, you know, game footage and stuff. Okay, and yeah. Call it a day. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I found myself listening to a whole bunch of LCS stuff lately. I've been listening to, like, J- JLXP, sometimes twice a week, The Dive, um, both of Dom's things. So, um, it's Face Check, and then also his other one, with, also yeah. with the same d Called I think it's called The Jungle, and then also Summoning Insight. So, yeah, I listened to, like, five or six different things, like for the last couple of weeks, just because, so yeah, I just throw them on in the background while I keep on grinding away on Lost Dark. True. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. I've, I'm pretty up to date with all the, uh, the consensus on the team so far.
1: There you go. Yeah. I've, I think I've, I've probably fallen off the horse a little on the, the extra media stuff, but kind of catch some here and there.
0: All right, and that's going to be it for episode 48 of On the Hunt, a League of Legends podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast on the service that you're listening to us on, if you haven't already. we appreciate it if you also give us a rating or hit the like button to show some support. You can find us on YouTube, as well as your podcast player of choice, from Apple Podcasts to Spotify and so forth. And we'll see you all next week for another episode of On the Hunt. Woo-woo!